Welcome to Practice Life, the podcast devoted to the important non-clinical issues affecting the daily practice of equine veterinary medicine. Practice Life is brought to you by the American Association of Equine Practitioners. And I'm Mike Pannell, a practice owner and veterinarian, and a longtime EAP member and your host. Hi, it's Mike Pannell, and welcome to another episode of AAP Practice Life. We're doing something a little different this time. It's just going to be me, and we're going to be talking about the COVID-19 crisis. And I've been asked by the AP to uh, do a podcast based on the interview they did with me that's going to be in EVE, Equine Veterinary Education, on the top 10 tips that I suggested uh, for managing your practice uh, during times of crisis. Even if it's not your own practice, but even if you're an associate or practice manager, I think any of these tips will help. And so there's 10 tips that I put together, and let's go through every one of them. Number one, I'm going to sort of rely on us as diagnosticians and approach the COVID problems and crisis like we would a patient. We see horses come in, we do a history, we do a signalment. We assess everything. We don't jump to conclusions. And I would say the same thing. So tip number one is do not make rushed or rash decisions about what's going on with the COVID-19. Every day, it seems, uh, the news is changing. I don't even want to say when this is compared to the COVID-19 because, you know, what's happening this week compared to happening the week before or what's going to happen a week from now, we have no idea. But going in there and just like reacting without thinking through the scenario without looking at all the information, without deciphering is the information you're getting good information or not. There's a lot of junk going on outside online right now, social media and some news sites. So I just think, you know, be like you would be a diagnostician. You're going to look at something, you're going to assess it, you're going to do some diagnostics, you might do some lab work, and you're going to wait for results to come back to sort of see if what you're doing is working. So I say, don't make a rush decision. Um, make the decision based on the information that you have, reassess the information down the line, and also consider when we're making our decisions right now is that this will be over. This will end, and at some point, life will return to a more normal routine. So the decisions we make now are going to influence how we are later on. So things we need to be worried about right now is is maximizing our cash flow to make sure we have enough cash on hand. Some of us, depending on where we're at, sales are down. Uh, we may or may not have access to government financial assistance. So what we're trying to do is keep as much cash on hand as possible uh, without jeopardizing our future because this will end and we need to be in a good place. And as we go along, we'll get a couple of tips of what we can do to maintain cash flow that I think are are really relevant. The last thing to comment on point number one is not to succumb to groupthink. You know, we just impulsively think, oh my gosh, everybody else is doing it. I better go along with it. And that's not always the case. Sometimes it's the blind leading the blind. So I think, you know, it's like a physical exam for a horse. We're going to review all the parts. We're going to assess it. We're going to do a good workup using the tools we have. And I would recommend the same thing for making any decisions. Second tip is, is that we really got to take care of our staff. Everybody is, is frightened, uncertain, they're confused. So the number two tip is just really open, transparent, honest communication with the staff. They hear all the news. They know what's going on. They're worried about their jobs. They're worried about their patients. You know, they're worried about their health, the health of 
family members, co-workers. I mean, everybody's got a lot of concern that we would not necessarily have in a usual time of year. But they're going to look at to us as owners to try to tell them where things stand. So, you know, we've got to be direct and don't sugarcoat it. Don't give false promises and don't try to avoid it. If you don't know anything, you just have to say, I don't know. It's kind of like when, again, dealing with a client and it's got a weird finding on the x-ray, we'll say, I don't know. I got to talk to a radiologist or somebody else that may has more experience with that. So I think it's the same thing is that if we're trying to pull the wool over the eyes of our staff or by giving them a false promise or everything, it's going to be okay. That's not going to work. And I think what they want is for you to say, here's a scenario. Here's what we're doing uh, as a company to overcome these challenges. This is the kind of communication that we're going to do. We're going to do regular communication. Be open for questions, like give me any feedback. Maybe I haven't answered all the, uh, or given enough of the right information. So make sure that you're very open and forthcoming. Answer as honestly as you can. The third one is the same thing of clients. Again, the open, honest, and what the difference is, is relentless communications with our clients. You know, we think it's, oh, hey, I posted something on Facebook. That's enough. You know, I'm going to, you know, talk about whatever social distancing we're doing or restriction on hours or limitation of our practice scope. Some of us are working in areas where we can only do urgent care. So, you know, we're not going to go do the routine dentistries, elective procedures. And we got to make sure the clients know about it. And, you know, they're not, not everybody's going to go on your Facebook page. So I think you need to find a lot of different areas uh, where you can try to reach them. So yeah, Facebook's great. Instagram's great. But, you know, maybe a practice newsletter, having it on your message for when people call in and they're put on hold having signs on the doors outside. I mean, having uh, little brochures or pieces of paper or handouts where vets can drop them off at the farms and maybe just talk to your bigger barns to let them know. But not everybody's going to know what's going on. The situation changes so often. Uh, so I just think, you know, you got to be relentless and consistent with our clients about what we're doing and what we're trying to do. Fourth tip is collecting money. You know, as I said earlier, what we're really trying to do is maintain our cash flow. We need cash to pay our bills, pay our salaries, pay unexpected expenses, pay leases and loans on equipment or facilities, what have you. So we're going to be really diligent about collecting money. And so on average, it takes about 40 days on average for an equine veterinary practice to collect on the bills or on the invoices that they have created. You know, if they've given clients credit, it takes about 45 days on average to get paid. Now, sometimes it's 45 to 60 if you're in a racetrack practice and maybe even higher than that. But if we have to pay our bills within 30 days, that extra 15 or 30 days, you know, that's money that we've got to take out of our savings to pay our vendors. And so I think we really got to be on top of our clients. And it's a really delicate balance because... You don't want to be aggressive. Everybody's having a hard time. But at the same time, you don't want to be hounding people when they don't have money. They may have been laid off or have reduced hours. Who knows what's going on? So we had to find a fine line of being you know, persistent but not being obnoxious, frankly. And so I think, again, the open, honest communication, you know, hey, you have an outstanding bill. Oh, okay, I understand you, you've lost your job. What kind of payment plan can we put in place? I think people understand, particularly with small businesses now, there's much more awareness of the value of small businesses. I think when you go to people, you know, hat in hand saying, we're looking to get paid, 
I think people realize that we have to support our small businesses. So they're probably more likely to be paying you as a small business owner than somebody else. The flip side of that is, is that we don't look at this as an opportunity to grow the practice and let bad clients come to us because we're trying to gain revenue when the business is slow. So, you know, if somebody's coming to us right now, nice to ask, well, who was your vet? And we should contact that vet because maybe this person has just not paid your bills to that other vet and they're trying to find somebody else that will take them on. And you don't want to be that banker who never gets paid and financing, um, you know, their sport or, or their, their hobby, what have you. So keeping on top of collecting money. And on the flip side of that is that we don't want to tie a lot of money up in inventory. You know, we really want to tighten our belts by ordering when we need it. This is the time to use online pharmacies or do special orders. You know, maybe we don't have, you know, an expensive item, let's say, like a Regimate, for example, right on the shelf, but we can just say, we'll, we'll have it for you tomorrow. Um, most of us can get our stuff within 24 hours. You know, I think that, you know, we have great relationship with our industry partners our manufacturers and our distributors. And I think they would like us to be as healthy as possible as, as well. And so, you know, ordering too much right now is not in the best long-term interest. You know, we've got to get through this together. And I think all of our vendors and distributors, manufacturers will understand if we're not buying as much as we did before. Uh, it's all about looking at the big picture in the long term. So the less money you can tie up in inventory, the better. Many of you have probably heard those stories that if you look at your pharmacy, imagine it as just you know stacks of dollar bills because that's basically what you do is you have money just tied up there waiting to sell these things. Most equine veterinary practices, you know, it takes about 45, 60 days, similar to their accounts receivable, to sell an item. And so and a lot of stuff we need to have because of special circumstances. So again, if you're taking 45 days, 60 days, even more, I've seen, and you've got to pay your bills within 30 days, there's that gap that you need to try to manage. So the less you can buy and use online pharmacy or, you know, try to make sure you order every 24 hours or look at your stock and go, you know, we don't necessarily need so much of this one product because we're not doing a lot of elective procedures right now. So let's, let's hold off on that. Number six is try to keep your team together. You know, it's very uh, easy and it's frustrating. I know some of our lower paid staff would rather take a layoff and, and get assistance. And I think we really got to work on trying to keep our team together. So let's say your sales are down and you're looking and I'm just using an example, you have five employees and you really need to reduce the salaries by 20%. Instead of laying off one person, why don't you ask everybody, hey, can we all work 20% less? That keeps our team together. We're, you know, we're not all going to make as much money as we would have before, but we're going to be together when this is over. The team that is well-trained, knows your staff, knows your doctors, knows your systems, just knows how everything works, is ready to go. And you don't have to spend a lot of time training a new person or taking the time to run ads, try to hire anybody. So at all costs, if you can, Try to keep your team together and that will give them confidence that you have optimism towards the future. It also gives them confidence that when this does go away or it's less of a, an issue, that the team can really just get rolling. And I think, you know, having that kind of togetherness in times of uncertainty really will give a lot of, uh, I think, confidence and, and, and lessen any of the confusion and misunderstanding going on with your staff. Number seven. Now, this one's a bit contentious, but it's true. And there's a lot of research on that. And that is keep marketing, keep up your promotions. You may be thinking, oh boy, 
you know, the revenue is not coming in. I've got to, you know, you just said, Mike, you got to watch your money. And I'm thinking, but this is one area where you don't think that you got to hold back. If you have the money, if you have a budget for marketing, keep it up. A couple of things are going on here. Number one, if you're buying digital ads, if you're buying Google ads or Facebook ads right now, they're really cheap because people are not buying as many ads online. And what basically Google and Facebook do is they have an auction and it's the popularity of a search term or a type of ad that dictates the price. And when other people are not buying these ads, the prices are going down dramatically. As I'm speaking right now, Facebook and Google have seen their ad revenue drop about 30%. And, you know, that's reflected in the prices. So now's an opportunity to really market, promote your practice at a much cheaper rate than you normally would. And you're going to stand out because everybody else is pulling back. So if you really want to have your presence there, you know, show your equestrian community that you're part of the solution, that you're there, you're a trusted source, you may have a limited scope of practice, but you're still there. You're going to come out of this, have a much better opportunity to really accelerate your business growth because you've had a constant sense of, of promotion marketing. It's been a lot of research going back to the last Great Recession 12 years ago, and that companies. This is any industry, but companies that kept up their promotion when the when the recession was over accelerated their growth markedly compared to other companies that even just maintain what they did and especially against those who backed off. So it's almost a time where you just got to say, you know what, I'm going to increase my marketing spend. You know, maybe I was allocating 1% of my revenue to marketing. You know what, maybe I got to increase it to a one and a quarter or one and a half. I, you know, this is an opportunity to really, really solidify your practice as a great force or a great, you know, a practice in your area. So keep up the marketing. Number eight, it's a bit of an odd one. And this is really something that I picked up when I was looking at some Facebook groups and some vet to vet discussions. And there were some vets that seemed kind of happy that they were picking up business. There might have been another vet in town who, you know, because of social distancing or their own health or their maybe immune, immune compromise or existing health conditions chose not to go out and practice, maybe just did emergencies and really cut back. I've seen some vets be almost gleeful at the work that they have picked up. And I think this is not the time for it. I think we really have to maintain our ethics. And if somebody comes to you, a client comes to you and says, doc, so-and-so, you know, is not coming out, not doing my work, you know, okay, what I'm going to do as a professional, I'm going to contact doc so-and-so and say, this client of yours contacted me. I'll do the work. I understand that you're not doing it, but I'm going to ensure that this client comes back to you afterwards. We all have to stick in this together. And now is not the time to be opportunistic and to try to increase our business at the expense of other people because they're trying to flatten the curve or they're mindful of their own health or, or just worried about um, just being part of the community and, and maybe spreading the disease if they're asymptomatic. People all have legitimate reasons why they don't want to engage. And I just think as fellow practitioners, we have to maintain the highest ethical standards and, and, and not use this as an advantage that we can take. Number nine, we really goes back to, this is the first one about making decisions. And that is we need to really evaluate uh, what we're doing in terms of how do we manage our cash flow? How do we project for what we're doing in the future? And look for outside experts. Go to your bookkeepers, go to a lawyer, go to consultants that you use to say, I need to spend a little bit of money to get your time to guide me to help us go forward. 
you know, if sales are going to be down 20% for the next three months, what do we need to do with expenses? If sales are going to be down even more, I can say in our case, where we are, because we're only urgent only, they're down even further than that. You know, you've really got to be mindful of your expenses, looking how it all ties into loan repayments. As I said, if you have equipment loans, or facility loans, you know, these are all things that don't necessarily show up on your profit and loss or income statements, but that's cash that you're, you're obligated to pay. So, you know, talk to your bankers, talk to the experts around you, talk to your landlord, talk to people to say, you know, hey, can we take less money for my rent for the next couple of months? Go to your banker. You know, can I uh, pay interest only? You waive principal for a couple of months. But use the experts that are in your team to talk to you about, you know, how do I make this work financially? Uh, instead of just making like quasi or somewhat educated yes, try to get them as educated as possible because the more information that we have, the better it's going to be. Last but not least, and probably one of the more important is just how to take care of ourselves through there. I think as a practice owner right now, you know, you're carrying more on your shoulders. Not only you got your, your, your patients and your clients to work about, but you have this practice and this practice might be in some kind of you know, distress because sales are down. Uh, we're going into the spring, which if you're in the northern part of North America, it's a, usually our busiest time of year. And we're coming out of a winter where we've lost some money, most of us, because we're very slow. We're looking for April, May, June, the rest of the year to make up for these slow months. And we may miss that this year. So there's a lot of stress on us. So I, you know, a couple of tips uh, and I've been following is really just as veterinarians, we're perfectionists, we pursue perfection, and I think this is time now to be good enough. You know, let's not worry about being perfect. Let's be a little bit more forgiving for ourselves. These are extremely odd times. These are areas and, and pressures we've never encountered. So I really think, you know, giving ourselves a break. Part of that is maintaining our exercise, eating well, not succumbing to too many Netflix binges and, and, you know, maybe drinking a bit too much in the evening or just getting into the junk food too much. I mean, I'm one out food as solace for me and I really have to be careful about that. But I think a lot of what happens too is that we get online, we start looking at social media, we start looking at some of the news that out there and it can get very, very discouraging. And I've, you know, I've noticed with myself as I really restrict the amount of time that I spend online looking at social media, looking at the news, because you can go down to these rabbit holes and you come out two hours later and it can look really grim. And a lot of it is just, you know, A, is it not necessarily the most up-to-date news? I think a lot of people think the media plays a really, really important job. Everybody's trying to sell glances. They want eyeballs on their website. So some things become a bit more sensationalistic than they should be. Uh, so I think we need to really look at everything with a bit of a measured eye, use your analytical judgmental eye that you would as a veterinarian, but, you know, just don't spend a lot of time, you know, this is the time where we're actually having you know opportunity to spend more time at home with family and not have the long hours that we've had. So there's some solace in that too. But anyway, those are my top 10 tips. If you have any questions whatsoever, you can reach me at mike at mpequine.com. I hope you find this helpful. I'm hoping you're keeping healthy. We will get through this together and things will return to normal. It might be a new normal, but I think as an industry, we will be back to where we were before. And I just, we got to remember that bad things pass just like not all, you know, good things don't last forever too. 
So thank you very much. I hope you find this helpful and look forward to seeing you all soon. For more resources to help you in daily practice, please visit the AAP's website at aaep.org.